every Sunday night we're asking the question, am I living a life of peace or is my life falling to pieces? And we've probably been in both places at some times in our life, going back and forth one or the other. And so where are we tonight? And so each week we look at somebody maybe whose life is falling to pieces and why. Other weeks we look at somebody's life who's living a life of peace and we see why. And so tonight we do look at another person whose life is living a life, who is living a life of peace. And this week it's Abraham. And we looked at Abraham before and his life falling to pieces because of all that was going on in his life. But now he's kind of gotten straightened out, I guess you'd say. And we're going to look at his life in peace. So Genesis chapter 22, we begin in verse 1 where the Bible says, Sometime later, uh, after the birth of Isaac and after, after uh, rescuing Lot and ask, after uh, Hagar and Ishmael have been sent off, sometime later God tested Abraham. And he said to Abraham, or, or he said to him, Abraham, called him out, called him by name, Abraham, here am I, he said. And so God do, does us the same way. God will test us and he calls us and invites us to himself, close to him. And he wants to know where we are in our life at this point in time. And so then God said to him, we have to answer him, and then God will speak to us, say, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I'll tell you about. So here Abraham has done what Sarah asked him to do. Needed to get rid of Ishmael, needed to get rid of Hagar's mother. It's trouble in the camp. And so they were sent away. And now Isaac has grown into a teenage boy. And now Abraham is being confronted with some parts here. Take your son, your only son. See, Isaac is the one who's going to be the inheritance of everything. Isaac's the one who's going to be the, can you number the stars in heaven? And if you can, then that's how many descendants you're going to have. All that's going to go through Isaac. And so he's his only son as a result of the promise that God has made to him and the covenant God made with him. And he said, I know you love him. He's your only son. And go to the region of Moriah. Well, that's good so far. We had not got any problem with that. But then he got to the next part. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. And so here he sets Abraham up for the test. You have one and only son, Isaac, who the covenant's through, the promise is through, the inheritance is through. You love him. Now go and sacrifice him. What a test, huh? And so you see it is that way with us too. Because if we claim to have faith in God, God, I trust you. God, I'll obey you. God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm here to serve you. God says, really? You sure about that? Yeah. God says, all right, let's see. And so it was with Abraham and so it is with us. Because God wants to take whatever's most precious in our life and test us with it. Well, he did that with Isaac, So, I mean uh, Abraham, so he does it with us. Well, early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. There was no question. I mean, it, God just came to him and said, here's what I want you to do. Take your son, your only son, go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there on a mountain I'll show you. Early the next morning, they're on their way. And so it wasn't any question. It wasn't any doubt. It wasn't any arguing. It wasn't any disagreeing. It wasn't any, God, just let's negotiate this. There's nothing. Is that the way it is with us? When God comes to us, say, here's something I'm going to test you with. Here's a test coming in your life. Do we begin to argue with God? Do we begin to doubt God? Do we begin to say, Lord, what about another way? Let's not do this. I don't like this. Let's try something different. Not with Abraham. He just got up the next morning. They took off. 
he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Told him about. And so he just moved on. He moved on out. He took off. He's on his way. God said, here's what I want you to do. Abraham said, all right, I'm doing it. Is that like us? When God says, here's what I want you to do, do we say, I'm on my way. I'm headed that way. What you want me to do? Well, on the third day, it took him three days, about a 50-mile journey. On the third day, he looked up and saw the place in a distance. So they're there to the mountain God had told him about. And so he said to his two servants that went with him, you stay here. We see the mountain in a distance. You stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We're going on over there. See, he hadn't told them about anything yet. He just said, we're going over there. We will go over there and worship, and then we will come back to you. We is talking about who? When it says, we will worship, who's he talking about? Abraham and Isaac. When it says, then we will come back, who's he talking about? Isn't that amazing? God has already told him, go and sacrifice your son on the mountain I told you about. And so he said, we're going, we will go over there and worship, but you know what? We will come back. And so that was faith, that was trust, that was hope that God, that Abraham had in God, that he didn't know how, he didn't understand it, he didn't get it of what's going to be the results here. He just simply knew that God had made a covenant with him before all of this had happened, that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars of the sky. And he said the covenant is through Isaac. And so he didn't know how he's going to go about doing it or accomplishing it when he would sacrifice him, but he knew he was still coming back with him. That's faith, you see. Well, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. So Isaac didn't know at this time, but he is the sacrifice. And he's carrying the wood that's going to, he's going to be sacrificed on. He himself carried the fire and the knife. Abraham did. So as the two of them went together, Isaac now for the first time spoke up. And he said to his father, Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here. You've got the fire. I've got the wood. You've got the knife for the slitting of the throat of the sacrificial animal. But where's the lamb? <laughs> we don't have a lamb. What are we going to do about that? We didn't bring one. Did you forget it? Did the, were we supposed to, you know, are we supposed to pick him up along the way? Will we find him somewhere? Where's the sacrificial animal for the burnt offering? And Abraham had a great answer. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. God's going to provide. And so there's that trust. There's that faith that Abraham had the whole way through when God first spoke to him. Abraham knew when he said, we're going to go over there and worship but we're going to come back. He didn't know how. He just knew God would provide. He knew God would provide this sacrificial lamb for the burnt offering. And so the two of them went on together. Well, when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there, arranged the wood on it that Isaac had been carrying with him. And then he did this. He bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Now, by this time, Isaac is a teenage boy. And so he is somebody who does a lot of manual labor in the, uh, in the uh, premises there of the home. And so he's going to be a strong boy. He's going to be a fit boy. And Abraham by now is at least 115 years old. And so at any point when this was happening, when Isaac was being bound with his hands uh, by his father, Abraham, at any point he could have figured this whole thing out. He said, oh, wait a minute. Here's the altar, here's the wood, here's the fire, here's the knife. 
I'm the lamb. <laughs> he had it, he could have had it figured out. I mean, he had it figured out by now, I'm sure. And at any point, he could have just jerked those ropes out of Abraham's hands and grabbed hold of his daddy and threw him to the ground, tied him up, and said, there's no way this is going to happen, daddy. Bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Never argued, never fought, never fussed, never disagreed, never disobeyed his father, just simply was obedient to what his father was doing. So his father's taught him well, hasn't he, about obeying his father and his mother. Abraham's taught him to do what he's told to do, and he's going along with it. Well, then he reached his hand and took the knife to slay his son. I mean, he's going through with it. It wasn't like, okay, God, we're here. You know, I, I, I've got him on the altar. You know, isn't there another way? Or, are we done yet with this testing? Uh, I mean, I've been obedient up to, you, to you up to this point, and how about this being far enough? You've seen I was willing to do this. Mm-mm. He's going through with it. He is literally going to slay, slit the throat of his son, and let his blood spill out as a sacrificial animal. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, <laughs> here I am, he replied. It didn't take him long to answer, I'm sure. So he's got the knife ready. He's got the fire ready. He's fixing to do it. And I'm sure as soon as God called his name, he said, I'm right here, God. You know, I'm right here. You see me. And so he said, do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, that you revere God, that you respect God, that you trust God, that you have faith in God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. As God saw that he had passed the test, God saw that he was willing to go all the way to the point of slaying his own son because that's what God wanted him to do. And he saw that he wasn't drawing back, wasn't arguing about it, wasn't slipping back. He was going to do what God asked him to do. And so he came to that point that God said, hold up. I see that you obey me. You revere me. You fear me. And you've done all I wanted you to do. Well, Abraham now looked up and there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by his horns. Somewhere over there around them, away from them, he happened to see this ram caught in the horns. As he had said, caught in the thicket by his horns, and as he had told those servants, he said, God's going to provide a sacrificial lamb. Well, God provided. There he was. Probably had long horns, and he was mo moving around in the thicket, got caught up in there with his horns, and there he was. And so he went over, took the ram, sacrificed as a burnt offering. Instead of his son, he was willing to do it because God told him to do it. But then God provided this lamb for him to have for the sacrifice. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. That was the name he gave this place, the Lord will provide. And to this day I said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. God's going to provide whatever it is we need at the time that we need it. Well, the angel of the Lord called Abraham from heaven a second time. And he said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you've done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as stars of the sky and sand of the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. Here we go again, reemphasizing this covenant. Your descendants are going to be numerous stars of the sky, as you would count it for, and see the sand of the seashore. And through your offspring, Isaac, all nations on, on earth will be blessed. Why? Because you obeyed me. You did what I commanded you to do. 
You did what I asked you to do. And as a result of your obedience to me, your reverence toward me, other people are going to be blessed. Not just you, not just Isaac, but other people around you. You see how that works for us? When we are obedient to God, we get blessed. But not just us, other people around us get blessed. Because the blessings from God flow through us to other people as He intends for it to happen every time. So as a result of what we see with Abraham, how do we live a life of peace through obedience? Because we're being obedient to God as Abraham was. Our life of peace through obedience begins with a test. God wants to see if we're going to pass the test, see if we're ready for what He's calling us to do so that we're going to be obedient to Him. But He says, I need to find out. Are you willing to do what I want you to do no matter how hard it may be? And so we have a few scriptures there that points this out. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you'd keep His commandments? And so God is writing to the people 400 years later, uh, well, no more than 400 years, 500 years later, about the uh, Exodus. And He's saying to them, remember how the Lord led you in the desert. The reason He did this for you is to test you. See if you'd be obedient. Uh, see if you'd keep His commands. And He does us too. God will take us into the desert and He'll test us because sometimes we talk about there's dry times in our life, there's just times in our life that doesn't seem like God's working, doesn't seem like God's moving, doesn't seem like God's doing anything in my life. Why don't you do something, God? That's the testing time, you see. Do what? What, does he want, what do we want Him to do? And so then He's seeing if we're going to be ready for Him to work and we're going to see Him work are we doing it during those times of testing, being obedient to Him? And then another parable that Jesus told, that on, those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy. When they hear it, He's talking about uh, planting the seeds. Remember the scattering of the seeds in the parable there? Some fall on good soil, bad soil. Some don't come up because the birds come along, get it, and that's Satan coming and taking it away. And there's one of those parts of the parable where the seeds fall on the rock. Those who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they've got no root because seed can't take root. And so this is representing those who, okay, I heard the word of God. I like the word of God, but there's no root. We're not setting our feet in the word of God. They believe for a while. Yes, I trust Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I follow Jesus. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. I'm following Jesus. I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm being obedient to him. And then something bad happens. Something falls apart. Some kind of testing comes along. Oh, I didn't know it was going to be like this. <laughs> I'll turn back and not follow Jesus. And we've seen people like that. You know, they follow Jesus for just a short time. Times get tough. And rather than tough get going, they, yeah, they get going the other way. I didn't like this. I didn't plan on this. I didn't know it was going to be this hard. And so there's that testing comes in people's lives. Are we going to fall away? Or are we going to follow through? And so then in James, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why, God? Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. When we go through the test in this world, God's doing a work in our hearts. We don't always see it in the time of testing. We think things are tough, hard. I don't like it. I didn't ask for it. I don't want this. I want it gone. You know, all those kind of things that we begin to say. And God says, wait, I'm doing something in your life right now. You don't see it all the times, he said. But I'm testing your faith, testing your faith, because I want it to develop perseverance. I want you to be able to hang in there through the hard times. Because he said something harder is coming, 
but you've got to be ready for it. what's harder. But before you can get ready for, hard, for what's harder, you've got to be doing the easy part too. It's kind of like math. When we learn math, we first start with counting, you know, learning our numbers, one, two, three, four. And as we learn our numbers, then we begin to learn how to add our numbers. Then we begin to learn how to add uh, more than one digit, you know, one plus one. Then we go to ten plus ten, and then we learn to subtract. Then we learn to multiply. Then we learn to divide. And it's always each step is getting us ready for something a little bit harder because then we go into things like geometry and algebra and calculus and all of that. Well, not we. I don't mean we personally, but some people. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, it's a little bit harder each time because we're growing and maturing. But it's that testing, you see, just like in math. Well, we need to test you, see if you know your numbers first. Do you know how to count to one to ten? Well, if you can't, then we got to learn a little more. Once you learn how to count one to ten, then we can start going other numbers and adding and all that. And so we're just growing. Same thing with testing our faith. We say I'm growing, I'm maturing, I'm learning as I go. And God says, okay, you're, you're coming along. Now let's take a test, see if you've really learned how to walk from here to there, spiritually speaking. And if we do, then you see, we're, we're learning how to persevere. We're learning how to keep going. We're learning how to not quit. We're learning how to not back up. We're learning how to trust God because our faith is being tested. God says, I, I see you're, you're for real. And so as we learn how to be perseverant, as we learn perseverance from our faith being tested, there's one more step in it. This perseverance is hanging in there, this endurance. It's got to finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. Because in our Christian walk, along the way from when we were saved, until we die, we need to mature and be complete, be whole. And along the way, the things that have to happen in our life to make us mature. It's like growing up physically. Um, we started out as infant babies, and then we began to learn how to walk, and then we began to learn how to talk, and then we began to learn how to, you know, all those things that we grow up in. Same thing spiritually. When we're spiritual, when we're born again, <laughs> That's exactly what it means. We're starting over. We're being born again for the second time. But it's now for the first time spiritually. And so we've got to start fresh. We've got to learn how to walk. We've got to learn how to stand up. We've got to learn how to run. We've got to learn how to move forward. And that's perseverance. That's moving along, testing over our faith. But God wants us to be mature. And so the testing sees how much maturity we have. And so sometimes you find Christians that are on up in age, but their spiritual maturity is not as advanced as somebody younger in age because they just haven't matured, they haven't persevered, they haven't grown spiritually because they haven't passed some of the tests along the way. And they're still back here in another grade. And so God is saying, I want you to persevere because this perseverance is doing something in you also. It's maturing you and making you complete, making you whole, making you not lack anything, spiritually speaking. Because as a new Christian, we lack a whole lot of things spiritually. But as we grow, we begin to get those things we need spiritually to advance us to the next place in life that God wants us to be, and we keep growing. So, what are the results past the test? When God comes into our life, we're growing, we're maturing, we're developing in our faith, we're persevering, and then here comes the pop quiz, you know, the test, without announcement. God doesn't announce ahead of time, Friday morning about 8 o'clock, 
you're going to get a test. He does not do that. If we saw it coming, we'd get ready. And so he says, I want to give you a pop test, pop quiz, and maybe you remember those in school. I loved to give them when I was teaching school, just see where they were. And so God does the same thing. So when he gives those tests, what are the results of passing the test? Well, first of all, God provides us a blessing. If we pass the test that God puts in front of us that we're going through at the time, we get a blessing for it. We passed it. We got through it. We persevered. We hung in there. We got wisdom. We got understanding. We grew spiritually and we're more mature now than we were before the test came. So we got blessed. But wait a minute. We become a blessing to others too. Because then we can share with other people and say, here's how I got through it. Now, here's how you can get through it. But finally, we live in peace with God. We live in peace with God because God is saying, I want you to have peace in your life. I want you to have peace in your heart. I want, to have, I want you to have peace without anything going on around you. But more than anything, I want you to have peace with me. The way we get it is get God's blessings, become a blessing to other people, pass those tests, and keep moving forward. Because all of, through our life, we're going to have tests to come up. And when we pass them, we live a life of peace with God. And our life becomes a life of peace rather than a life that's fallen to pieces. So where are we tonight? Are you living that life of peace? Are you passing those tests when they come along? Do you see them when they happen? Make an A this week. Pass those tests.